as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 104, and this is past Davram talking to, to you now. <laughs> I am actually in Orlando right now at a, a, uh, a charity convention for Extra Life, their national uh, convention that they do. Uh, so I will be in Orlando all week. But I wanted to make sure you guys got an episode. So this is a really cool episode. It should be a lot of fun. It's a little longer than normal, um, but it, it should be really good. I am sitting down this episode with the one, the only, my friend, and, of course, the community of Sea of Thieves, Captain Logan of the Keel Hall Podcast. And we're going to talk about the voyage of a lifetime. We're going to talk about Season 9. We're going to be talking about what was called E3, the Xbox showcase coming up and what we would like to see uh, coming up and what we think is going to happen uh, in season 10 and beyond of Sea of Thieves. So it's a really good interview. I had a really fun time. I always have a good time talking to Logan, um, but it should be really good. But before we get into the interview, I want to take the moment to thank the glorious and notorious patrons who put their hard earned money towards this production and i really really appreciate them so i want to give them a shout out each and every episode so skamelt 666 lane and regis stella thank you all for continuing your support of pirate talk radio and if you are interested in throwing some of your hard-earned money at this show because you enjoy it just that much you can go over to patreon.com slash TV and monthly subscriptions start as low as $1 a month. And the higher you go, the more stuff you get back. But the biggest thing is no ads. You get your private feed and, and you get Pirate Talk Radio early before anyone else. So guys, without further ado, I'm sweating my ass off right now somewhere in Orlando, Florida. But please, in the comfort of your air condition. Enjoy my talk with Captain Logan. All right. We are joined by the one, the only, my friend and host of the Keel Hall podcast, Captain Logan. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, hello. Is this thing on? It, hello? it might be. It, it might All right. be. All right. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I don't control your microphone here. I did last year at Sea of Thieves Fest. I could have muted you, but I did it. Okay, you That's control true. it. You control it now. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the captain now. <sighs> I am the captain now. <laughs> A little fl- little little flame heart. I, he <laughs> needs to have that quote. Co- I am the captain now. Right? <laughs> How's it going? It's, you know what, it's, it's going, I enjoyed, and, and, uh, I didn't actually put it in here, but we had a lot of fun on community day a few weeks ago. And that was the, that was the most fun that I've, I've had in Sea of Thieves. I, I, I know you and I played, you kept going after I got off, but we played probably oh, yeah. five or six hours. Then you kept going. And then the next day I got on for a little bit and then you joined a little bit later, but 
that was such a, a fun community day for me. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing what happens when you have a full server of people working on adventures and stuff like that. It's it's crazy how much how much PvP and fun and money can be had when you're just playing the game normal. Right? And it was so funny to me because I was asked this. I think it was before you gone on um, on the Sunday of community. We, it's hard to say community day, even though it's community day. It's, it was community weekend. Yeah. Uh, I was asked, <clears throat> am I enjoying season nine? And we're going to get into season nine here in a, in a little bit, but am I enjoying season nine? And I said, season nine in this short time frame that we've had just under a month has made the game feel more alive. And I'm not talking about NPCs in the towns. I know that's something that you would like to see. I just feel mm-hmm. like going back to six boats the Fort of the Dam popping off because of the uh, uh, the Reaper chest needs. The Fort of Fortune popping off because of that chest being in that fort. And the changes to the difficulty of events. Yeah, Things feel alive and players are doing things in PvP, PvE, interactions with different crews. Like the game feels alive like I haven't seen it for a long time. Yeah. It's funny how accessibility to world events and cosmetics driven by completion will bring a lot of gameplay to to the world. It'll bring a lot of people to to being able to do it, knowing that you are not going to have to smack a bullet sponge for 30 minutes to get a bunch of loot that doesn't do anything except get you gold. It's It's kind of funny how... You know, people want to play the game when there's something something unique and uh, driving to do it. You know, some people want combat and they get that from the events. People want to get the cosmetics from the events, so they go do the events. It's just a, a natural feeding cycle. Or or the old Fort of Fortune when you had four bullet sponges, one boss, double boss, ashen boss. <laughs> yeah. God, those took forever. Yeah, they really did. It took forever. And that oh. and that that's kind of the 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 point that I'm I'm pushing towards is, you know, when when you make stuff faster, people are probably going to want to play it because it's not going to be like, oh, do I really want to jump on to see these? I really don't want to have to stock my boat. I really wish there was a faster way to stock my boat cuz I'd rather just get out there and do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mentioned that um I believe it was my pre-season nine. So season nine, when that episode released, I always try to lag behind a week so people can actually try it out before I talk about it. I don't like to do spoilers and stuff, even though it's a, it's a patch, right? And it's it's a season. Um, I always like to let people experience it. So then when I talk about my experiences, they can either relate or they can be like, oh, no, Davram, you're an idiot. You're wrong. So I always try to lag behind. So when season nine released, I was talking about the trailer to season nine um, and and my speculation. Right. So I I try to lag behind uh, one week for that purpose. And one of the things I said was what I see them trying to do, and I and I said, I hope they execute, we can now see that they have executed this, is getting the monotony out, the tasks that feel like a chore, getting them out and getting you back to sailing and playing, like harpoon changes, right? 
Um, and, and those things, the world events based on crew size and trying to balance things a little bit differently, but getting you through the slog of mud of things that aren't enjoyable and getting you back to things that are enjoyable quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's what playing a video game is about is having fun. If you're not having fun, then it's, it's, it may not be the thing that you, you should be spending your time with. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk more about season nine in a minute, but there's something bigger that we need to talk about first. And that's the fifth year anniversary of Sea of Thieves, which we know just happened. Uh, And a particular uh, movie star that I saw in a particular documentary called The Voyage of a Lifetime. So first off, congratulations for being one of the amazing folks that they picked. I, I, I was so happy. I did not know, by the way, you kept that a secret from me. I'm a little hurt that you kept that a secret from me. You probably had to sign paperwork, but I, I was so excited to see you as one of the people, because I know the love you have for this game, the studio, the developers, I know the passion you have for it, and I know how long you've put into your Keelhaul podcast going all the way back to the very beginning before the game was even out. And so I want to ask you, how did it feel to be part of A Voyage of a Lifetime, which was a very unique thing um, in my eyes, and it was a it was just beautiful to watch just the whole thing, the hour and 16 minutes. It's a quick watch. I keep saying this, watch it. If you are a CFE's fan, go watch this. It's an hour and 16 minutes. I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies often. I took time Mm -hmm. to watch this. How did it feel that you got to be a part of that? So it's, it's a little interesting because I was uh, completely removed from the actual studio themselves. Like there was a complete different production company that was heading this up and they did a fantastic job. But my role in it was very early on. I think I was one of the first initial um, interviews that they had done. So they were still trying to work out some of the the best ways to do remote interviews. Uh, they were very gracious enough to get me some, some, um, some equipment that I didn't have that they wanted to use. Uh, even Funny enough, considering the equipment that I have. Yeah. Uh, but they were very gracious with that. And we scheduled a day. Uh, we sat down for, I think, a couple hours and we recorded as much as we could. Um, and then that was it for a very long time. I got some thank yous and some notifications uh, and a couple updates here and there. But for a few months there, uh, I really did not know what was going on with it. Um, and it wasn't really until maybe about a month or so before the actual anniversary that I got hit up and they asked for some preference as far as like uh, names and stuff like that. And that was, that was when I had a feeling that I was actually going to be in it. Mm. That was when I felt like I was like, Oh, Oh, awesome. I didn't, I didn't get the cutting room floor. I'm actually going to be in it. They need my they need the name of the spelling of my name and stuff for, for the actual credits. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and what I will tell you on that is there were people in the credits and I called this out when I was watching it. There are a lot of people in the credits that were not in the video. I I'm, I'm assuming that they put that in there because they took their time 
you know, a couple hours, as you mentioned, recording stuff, and mm-hmm. maybe it didn't make the cut. But obviously, they still spent their time, so they got to thank you. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. it's um, So th- as far as that goes, uh, it felt very nebulous because I, I was so, such an outsider. It's kind of like when an actor accidentally leaks that there, that there's going to be a game that's coming out that they're in you know, like at a certain month in, in the studio themselves, haven't they actually ever announced it. That's kind of what it felt like. Um, but the initial, the initial message, the initial email that I got was so heartwarming um, because it, it did come from the studio and they reached out to me and they said, hey, we're doing a really special thing. We want to have some community members as a part of it and we want to send you an email would you be interested in doing it so that you can start going through the email, the interview process? And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like who, who wouldn't, who, who, any Sea of Thieves creator would love an opportunity to, to get interviewed. I could see you at that moment, like one of those excited little kindergartners, like you just flip around and you get your Sea of Thieves backpack on and your Sea of Thieves hat and you're just like, I'm ready. <laughs> like you're just wiggling in yeah. your chair. Yeah, that's, uh-huh. that's, I mean, that's effectively like I, it was, it was absolutely insane. Like I, I, I told my wife about it. I was super excited. She was really happy for me. I was like that giddy, that giddy kid that was like tearing open the N64 at Christmas <laughs> in that video. Like that's how excited I was. And it, and it, and it got me really emotional too. Uh, mm-hmm. I was super emotional when, when it all happened because I, you know, I, you, you make something for a long time, you know, you've been, you're out there and you're just putting content out there and, and you have your community. So you're insulated. You've got the love of your, of your community and that's what matters. Um, but every once in a while you feel like the, the warm touch of, of the studio's hand on your shoulder and they just look down at you and you're like, did I do good? And they're like, you were the best. <laughs> and you're just like, Oh, validation. That'll do. Pete. I have validation. That'll do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, it was, it was great. I was super excited to see you in there again. I didn't know. And I saw, I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. I didn't get tell, told about this. I'm like, he probably had to sign some paperwork, but I'm like, I feel like I should have known about this. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. No one knew for, for yeah. no one knew that I was going to be in it. There was, I think two people like a couple days before that. I was like, Hey, something's cool. Something cool is coming down the line. And that, and that was, I wasn't even part of that. What the hell? No. Cause I, well, that's the thing is, is I didn't want, I wanted it to be a surprise. Was, I wanted it, it to be a, a big surprise for anyone that, that was going to be watching it. And, and I, I tried to tease a little bit like, Hey, you guys should probably watch this. You know, I think it'll be really cool. It's one of my favorite types of documentaries out there. You know, I think it'd be really fun if everyone watched it. I, uh, when they announced that they were doing a voyage of a lifetime, I remember sitting there and being, I was sitting on my couch, I believe writing notes down for pirate talk radio. And I was watching one of the sea of thieves news or, or whatever it was. And they ran that trailer or that, that, that tease for voyage of a lifetime. And I literally just sat my pen down and I'm like, when is it? I need to watch this now because (laughs) I, 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 I wanted it. Like they teased it. And I'm like, I want to know the backstory. I want to know the behind the scenes. I want to know shenanigans. I want to know who at Microsoft, like, you know, 
what the Microsoft thought about it. I want to know how they pitched it to Microsoft. Like, I wanted to know all this stuff because they said they were going to do the whole making of Sea of Thieves. And I'm like, and I want to know the journey because because the game has changed so much in just the time I've played, let alone the time you've played from their development cycles to going from kind of sporadic updates to now seasonal cadence. I wanted to know like that journey. And so when I saw it, I was just pumped and then to see them bring in a friend of mine who is so passionate in, in, in Sea of Thieves as you and other folks in the community who are passionate about Sea of Thieves. I was just like, this was done right. And I was so, like, I I, I think I, I, re, I watched it on stream and reacted to it. I think I plotted at the end because I'm like, no one is in this studio. I don't know how many people are watching the stream, but I, like, clapped because it was so good. It 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 was Sea of Thieves to me, you know, from start to finish. It was Sea of Thieves. Yeah. It, was, it was beautifully done. Um, it was... If if I ever had a chance to see a two hour cut, I would have loved for them to to push deeper into the updates that happened after anniversary mm -hmm. and arena, uh, but before Pirates Life, because mm -hmm. they they were integral to fleshing out the world events for Sea of Thieves in a way that we hadn't seen, and there was so much trial and error going on with the studio with the build rat adventures with the mercenary voyages um just everything they were doing and there was some really good work that they did and of of all the things that i wish that they maybe touched on just a little bit more i would have loved for them to have had a bit of a tribute in there about glitter beard but it was at the end yeah, no, okay. I know. I, I wasn't it, sure if you saw that, but it was at the end. Now, they had two names there. I didn't recognize the second. What I did did see the glitter beard at the end. Yeah, and I I, I, I think it would have been one of those cool things to, because Freyline was in there, and mm -hmm. Freyline is exceptional when it comes to getting people, convincing people to go do glitter beard on servers. She was absolutely amazing at convincing people that it's something they have to go check out. Yep. And I would have loved for them to to spend a couple more minutes just kind of like living in that world but um you only have so much time and and as evident by the the people that were in there i can speak to to my own experience we recorded a lot more uh of the interview and very little of it um that i thought was going to be in there ended up being in there yeah and it was it was nice that Everything that was about Sea of Thieves was about Sea of Thieves. And it was nice to be able to be there to resonate with everyone else about what was so great about it and what made it so you or what makes it so unique. Um, but there were there was I'm willing to bet there were probably some fantastic stories from some some content creators that would have been amazing to hear in like a two hour version of that documentary. Yeah. And that when you started to talk about, you know, it took several hours to the interview, talked about a lot of stuff and then, and then you saw what they finally chose. It was funny. Cause I was actually listening to uh, Brian Shaw. He's four times world's strongest man. He has a podcast. I was listening to that yesterday and they did a history. He did a history channel show with 
Robert Oberst, uh, Eddie Hall, and Nick Best, who I don't anticipate you knowing any of them nor anyone actually listening because they're all strongman competitors. And I'm no, I, that I'm kind of very name. familiar with Nick Best. Oh, oh you like are okay. One of the guys I've I've rooted for for a long time yeah. in those competitions. Oh yeah, yeah. And they did a History Channel show that was one season long. And it was called uh, like the history of strength or something like that, where they traveled around the world um, and they each picked locations to go to, to tell you the history of a strongman from there, from way back in the, like way back in history before strongman was even a thing when it was just like a circus performer type thing. And then they yeah. attempted to do what that person did for the history channel. And they talked about recording, like filming for 12 to 18 hours in a day. And it was only for a one hour, 45 minute episode. Right. And they said there were so many funny moments and there's so much of this and so much of that, that just got cut out that they felt should have went in there. So when you say that, that was the first thing that went through. I'm like, well, history channel does the same thing. And I'm sure many of those type, you know, TV shows do that, right? They've got all this footage and they just have to choose what they feel is best and conveys the story that they want. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what they did. They, they knew what I had an idea of like what stories they wanted to tell. Um, and I, and I a hundred percent bet that if they had the time, they would have told those stories. Um, and that's for them to tell, by the way. Right. I'm not going to spill no, no, the tea no. on that one. Uh, but I can definitely see the the story that they did tell was yep. the right one to tell. Absolutely. And I'm I'm glad that there was enough of what we recorded to be able to be a part of that mm-hmm. because that's that it was it was about sharing how special Sea of Thieves was yep. as a community member for a studio that took a real gamble mm-hmm. on making something and how to how to live with that as their first attempt at a at like a game as a service. Now, I do have and and we talked about this on stream, so you've already heard this question, but I have a feeling you know what question I'm going to go with here. I have a gripe. Okay, I have a gripe. Yeah. First off, you were wearing a suit. Yes. Freyline was not wearing a fancy outfit. Owlet was not wearing a fancy outlet and you break out a damn suit. Yeah. So part of that has to do with one, I was cold. Okay. And two, the lapel mic that I had was not, was not fitting in a spot that looked or felt right on just a regular, on just my keel hauled t-shirt. Oh, okay. So, Given that I was being approached by a professional production studio for the making of a video game, and I had an opportunity to really kind of be a part of history mm-hmm. for Rare, um, I wanted to to try and dress it up a little bit, you okay. know? Like, I wanted to to make it feel like it was genuine. I didn't want to sit there with my razor, you know, cat-eared headset you know, with you like a five o'clock. Sh- no, I don't. Oh. But you know, I didn't want to be one of the folks that was like. I understood that that you know, there's there's an element of authenticity, but every once in a while, it's not like you see actors going to the Oscars in their in their normal clothes. I wish they would. You know, it would be interesting. Yeah. But they dress up, yeah. and they dress up because it's a special occasion, and the fifth year anniversary 
to me is a is a special occasion that even if my jacket is you know like it doesn't it's it's not tailored it's it's something that i've got purely because i i need it from time to time but it is definitely one of the nice nicer things that i have that i can put on and look a little more presentable you i i wasn't even going to look fine to me i mean you looked professional like you you looked like you approached that professionally right like first off, if you had a five o'clock shadow, I would have I would have knocked you on that too. I've been like Logan, yeah, Logan, Logan. Yeah. Like I I would have knocked you on that. But you also didn't have your hat on, and I understand that probably goes with the uh, the um, wanting to look professional, which you pulled that off. But I was like, oh man, that's like that's the hat is so iconic to you. Like mm-hmm. the hat is is uh, is. I mean, it is almost, in my opinion, the level of brand of your Keelhauled logo. Like, like that's when I see that hat, I'm like Logan, right? Like that is yeah. your brand. <laughs> A lot of that comes down to lighting. Like, if if you if you'd that, seen, okay, fair enough. If yep. you'd seen the setup that I had and the weirdness that I that like. We always talk about, you know, like people making movies for low budget and the stuff yeah. they got to do, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger's punching out a window in a car for Terminator that they don't own the rights to or have any permits for. You know, there's the stuff that I did uh, for for making that interview, like there's no way that that level of, of uh, you know, has has ha- haphazard like makeshift stuff would work for anyone on a, like a daily basis. That was like, this is, this is the setup that's going to work for the next three hours. No. It has to, because that's all I'm probably going to be able to get out of it. Yeah. And I was, I was about to say, I'm like, you should have called me. I, I would have sent you like a, uh, like a nice frost O2 gelled light that you could have put like below you <laughs> and like shined up. So you could have wore the hat and still lit up your face. But yeah. after three hours, you would have been like, I can't see anymore. So, um, oh yeah, I'm it, it got it got real hot after oh, a while. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm not gonna lie. I'm sure. But yeah, no, I was I was working with uh, lighting that I had, I really was not. I did not expect the lighting to work out well. I still managed three point lighting, and I still had a backlight backlight on there. You did. So I was very happy with that. I, I mean, as a lighting engineer, I was impressed. You you yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. I pre- <laughs> Absolutely. I fretted a lot about that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, in, in, in any given time, you, I, you will probably see me with my hat on. I probably won't be wearing a suit. I, I, I did oh, no. it. No, now it's part of the brand. Sea of Thieves Fest next year. I expect Keelhaul podcast hat and suit jacket. I, I expect it. I mean, that's, you're, I, I don't want to disappoint those that, that don't and do expect it. You know, there's, also, there's no win at this point. Lapel pin, Sea of Thieves lapel pin. That's a must now too. Well, I have the Boots Wayne one, so I've got that there covered. Go. There you go. <laughs> so you've kind of touched on this next question a little bit, but in in short, because like I said, we just elaborated on it. What were your thoughts on the overall just presentation of Voyage of a Lifetime? Overall, I would I would say that they really had a good idea going. Um, they they went chronolo- or chronologically through uh, through the history of the game, both from like the history of, of Rare as a studio, but 
how they got to the the impetus of the idea. And and I, I really want to shout out Chris Marlowe for this because I, I had a, a chance to interview him a couple of years ago and talk about kind of like, you know, what was the game jam like with him and Andy and Shelly and them as they were kind of playing around with like these, these this unity prototype that they had come up with. Um, but kind of watching them go through the history of Sea of Thieves, I thought was really brilliant. Um, and, and I loved that they got folks on a ship at a round table to kind of share in the stories of, of what that was like. But man, there was, I got to say, there was footage in there that even I hadn't seen. And I was, I was so impressed with just like, they really pulled in some archive footage uh-huh. that I wasn't expecting yeah. uh, to be able to to tell that story. And I think they did a, a masterful job. Any fan of Sea of Thieves would not be disappointed to learn the history of Sea of Thieves just based on, you know, what I what what I experienced going, you know, seeing what they did. Like yeah. I think they did an, an an amazing job with it. So before we started recording, I was telling you about um, a story of my coworker talking about Sea of Thieves today to me and knowing that I'm a huge fan. And um, one of the things that I said, and you're going to laugh because you know how little I know about the actual gaming industry because I just don't learn it and research it. I focus on my lane and my games. <clears throat> I didn't know who Rare was. Until I started playing Sea of Thieves. <laughs> and that's and I say that completely serious, but I played 007 on the N64. I played Perfect Dark. I played the shit out of those. I played Banzo Kazooie. I played the Wii Sport thing game. I played all those games. And it wasn't until I played Sea of Thieves and I kept hearing, Rare Studios. Who is Rare Studios? And then I think it was... I don't remember what it was, but at some point, maybe it was at like an E3 presentation or something. And I'm like, and 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 then still never clicked with me when I was in the game and they have the the odes to Perfect Dark and they have the odes to Banjo Kazooie and that stuff. I'm like, oh, they're just they're just paying homage to these really good games of history. I love that. That's amazing. And I think it was at an E3 presentation or something soon after I'd started playing, the rare team came out to present or or rare came out to present. And it was that golden coin with the R on it that flips. Yeah. And I stopped there for a minute. I'm like, holy shit, these guys made games that I loved when I was a kid. And that's when it all clicked. But I played Sea of Thieves for probably a good year and had (laughs) no idea that all all these other games that were so popular when I was a kid and that I sunk hundreds of hours into. That yeah. they made. I had no clue. No clue. <laughs> so I thought for, you would find that funny. For a long time, um, after Rare had been purchased by Microsoft, I was a super big Nintendo fanboy. And I, like many others, wrote off the company as uh, as traitors to <laughs> the Donkey Kong franchise and the GoldenEye and uh, you know Banjo-Kazooie and Perfect Dark lineage that they had that they had been entrusted with on the N64 and how dare they not come to the GameCube with the potential of really capitalizing on the power of that system how dare they not try and build future games for Nintendo and then after a while um I just didn't ever think about them like they just weren't in my purview and it really wasn't until Sea of Thieves that I came back and I was like 
wow, Rare is Rare is still a thing. Rare is still a company. And then I found out that I was like, there's a lot of people from Lion Lionsgate that's now at Rare. And and you know, it is it is not the same company that it was. There's still a lot of people that are there that are from the original times, but it's definitely a different company and they've got different ideas. And then looking at like what they have built since then, I'm like, uh, those really aren't my type of games, but I really do trust some of the 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 legacy that they have. So I, I do believe that those games are probably fun. I just don't know if they're my fun kind of thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna clip that section where you said they were betrayers and bad, and I'm just gonna send just that out of context clip right to Mike Chapman and be like, "See, Mike, this is what he really thinks about you." That's funny. <laughs> that's fine. That's, he will he will probably a hundred percent understand. I think everyone had a bit of betrayal. Oh, I'm, yeah, back then. Yeah. Um. Okay. So moving from Voyage of a Lifetime. We're now in season nine. We're now almost a month into season nine. What's your favorite quality of life? One, you only get one. What is your favorite quality of life um, change that they made uh, for season nine? Now, is, are we are we talking like an adjustment to a mechanic, or are we talking about like any quality of life thing from things from season nine. So any of okay. the changes that they made to pre-existing things, which was pretty much the entire season nine package. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me, uh, let me preface this with saying that I feel it's a bit of a cop out, but it, it genuinely isn't an attempt to be a cop out. But um, the, the rebalance for crew size uh, for world events well, it, it feels kind of like that because it it is kind of like the easy, easy, it's low hanging fruit. You know, it's like, like it's on par with heart auto harpoons to me. It is. Um, I don't think that's a cop out at all, though, because I think that is probably the most impactful change that they made in season nine. Yeah. As far as as far as the tentacles of other things that that has now organically caused from from four to the dam being contested to people doing four to fortune now because it doesn't take a, a, a freaking 45 minutes you know yeah the, what that allowed organically in the game i think that's the 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 best and the biggest thing that they did in that package yeah that's i i mean you if those that may know me, those that don't, um, I have two sloops, uh, two captain <laughs> sloops. One is called Just on Lunch Break. It is. Because it's about all I can manage on a 30-minute lunch break. <laughs> the other one is called Seafort Inspector. Because most of the time when I'm sailing, before season nine, if I had short amount of time or I just wasn't feeling like jumping in with anyone I would solo a lot and I didn't really ever feel like I could accomplish a whole lot of larger events because the chances of getting those done in a reasonable amount of time for one person was just not it was not accessible mm -hmm. season nine has made that content accessible I can go in and in about 15 to 20 minutes uh, I can knock out a skeleton fort solo, mm -hmm. get it all loaded up and sold. Yep. That to me is is so welcoming of of a change that even though I can sell stuff in a in a collector's chest, even though I can 
uh, sell, um, you know, I can sell tridents, you know, Disney sticks. I can, uh, you know, the auto harpoon is, is exceptional. There's so many improvements to the game. The thing that has really done it for me has been opening up more things to do in Sea of Thieves outside of the small subset that I can solo and then waiting for everything else to be done with a bigger crew. Mm -hmm. So I actually, um, I know you're talking skeleton forts, um, but I actually, um, the stream that I reacted to a voyage of a, of a lifetime afterwards, I had, I think like an hour left, uh, in the stream. So I wanted to do something. So I logged into sea of thieves and I'm like, okay, I've got an hour. I know there's sell time, there's sale time. So I need to find something that I can do in 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go do a phantom fort. That's easily done in 30 minutes. I can sail there. I can get back. I can sell everything. And probably by that time, it'll probably be time to start wrapping up. I set sail. I was at plunder outpost. I went to the closest, um, phantom fort. I don't remember the name. And I beat it and I'm like, oh, cool. I can go sell and be done. And I looked at the clock. It had been less than, it had been about 10 minutes from time from plunder to the fort, sails up, kill the fort, loot it. It was about 10 minutes. And I'm like, shit, I got time for another one. So I sail to another one. I parked my boat. I beat it. I loaded it up and I got back to the sovereigns and I still had like 15 minutes left in my hour, like two, mm. two phantom forts, a decent, let's be honest, a decent amount of money, quite a few commendation points in, in 20, 20, 30 minutes, two, not one, but two, like it, they feel, and I, I don't know if they got impacted. I feel like they did because I feel like they're easier now, um, especially the last boss. And it feels like there's less phantoms spawning as well. But either way, yeah. if I was a person who got home from work and just wanted a quick chill out, see a thief sale, boom, 20 minutes, two forts, sell, done. Yeah. That's incredible. It's, it's exceptional. It's it's exactly what I love about uh, jumping into to most other games. Like if I wanted to go do something fast in any other game, there's a good chance if it's a multiplayer game that they have an activity that can be accomplished within 15 to 20 minutes, 30 minutes. If you're if you're really looking at certain things like Heroes of the Storm games, typically 20, 30 minutes, yep. you know, you and that's that's what I like. I like getting that dopamine hit, whether it's a win or a loss. I got to experience it and I felt like I got a bit of time to myself to play a video game. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So we're only a month in and I believe when I, 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 again, I haven't looked at the time of season nine, uh, since that opening weekend, but I believe it is a 16 week. So four month season, I believe, which means we're probably going to get three more updates. Most likely. Yeah. What do you think will be the next season nine? And I feel like based on how they've done it in the past, everything in season nine will be some sort of quality of life change or addition. 
What do you think the next quality of life item is? I know you don't do insiders. I don't do insiders. So this is completely off the top of our heads. What do you think the next thing will be? Um, I'm a little, I'm a little like, could be column A, could be column B mm-hmm. kind of thing on this. I, I feel like we're either going to see loadouts for cosmetics um, that I know that they've been working on. Mm-hmm. That, well, not that, not that I know that they've been working they've on said, They've talked about it. Yeah, they said they've been working um, on it. Yeah, so they've talked about loadouts. I think we're getting closer to that becoming a new quality of life feature. Outside of that, I think that there's probably something coming that will impact how you interact with other crews or crewmates. I was wondering that because I believe in one of the podcasts, they said that this season nine will give us new ways to play, play with our friends and meet new people. And like that style of group play. Right. And I knew they weren't talking about private servers or Alliance servers. Right. I knew they weren't talking about that. So I feel like it's something we don't have yet. Um, yeah, so, so I agree. It's, it's probably gonna be, I I think, and, and you're right. It's a little toss up because everyone wants loadouts. And if they do some cool social thing where you can find people to play with more easily or, or something Mm -hmm. along those lines, people would like that too. So either one is going to be a success in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, it's easy pickings right now for rare to 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 look at what is going to be what is going to be coming up as far as like things that people want that they know they can do and it's it's going to be easy for them to put those in and have it be a win. I I it's either going to be loadouts or it's going to be um something like dueling because I think those Ooh. are kind of the things that people have been asking for that they can that they can do. Um like dueling. Dueling sounds fun. Yeah. Little, t- little built-in TDM action, like, hey, we're not going to be able to get rid of TDM, so let's just embrace it and have, like, a dueling system like Hourglass. Ooh. Yeah. Something like, like that. that. Like Maybe that. even it's, if it's just something that happens organically, like you need to be on an outpost for it to, to activate or, you know, you have to be on someone else's Ooh. boat to be able to challenge them or they have to be on your boat to Imagine challenge them. Imagine this in a dueling situation. You can be a double gunner in a dueling situation if you want, you know, your choice, but there is no reloading. So if you double gun, you get 10 shots. If you're, if you run out of bullets. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Cause it would like be, it would be like the old school, you know, drop, you know what I mean? Like you get that one shot. So I think that would be kind of, they won't do that of course, but that would be interesting. It would be. It, I would love if they, because I think the problem is, is if you if you give just the ability to have um, ten shots, that's still going to be more powerful than someone with a sword oh, yeah. in a gun. Absolutely. So I think the I think the thing there would be um, you get five shots, but you have to choose like which weapon you get those five shots for and you can, you can use 10 or five of the 10 shots. There's no good way to really balance that. I think it's going to be up to the people that learn how to, how to work around it, but it'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah. I I'm, I'm excited to see. and, And I was super excited because 
you know how I've described Sea of Thieves and updates that I don't feel live up to where they should be. And I always say they're they're undercooked or half-baked. Yeah. Um, and I actually made the, the point that Season 9, because they used to give names to updates, right? Now they're just season nine um, or, or something like that. I said, I said the name of this should be season nine back in the oven because rare is going back to things that kind of fell apart. were not complete. And they're, they're actually finishing the cooking process. Right. And it was interesting because I've said that for a long time and Mike Chapman actually posted on Twitter referencing that, season nine is going back and baking things that weren't finished to begin with. Yeah. And I, 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 I like replied to it and I, I put in, I've been saying season nine back in the oven and he liked it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I've been saying this for so long. I'm like, I think Mike has listened. (laughs) He might not like what I say. I think he's listened. So, yeah. Um, so let's, let's continue on those, those lines, because I agree with you on the, the crew, um, the crew size balancing. I agree with you, um, that, that the door is wide open for lots of things for them to address that will make players happy. But what I want to take, talk to next is I see season nine doing really good but also simplifying the game in a way. And, and I'll, I'll explain what I'm saying there. And also have they went too far in some aspects where they've trivialized some of the challenge. So let, let me, let me start first with the simplification. So, you know, I'm a history buff and I know your Mm -hmm. response to me is always, it's a fantasy game. I don't care. It's based in history. So one of my issues that is being compounded with with season nine is piracy in history was always risk versus reward. The higher the risk, the higher the reward in general. Mm-hmm. So the risk has slowly been removed in different pieces of the game. In season nine, the risk that was removed is you no longer have to sell flags at Reapers. I understand why they did it, right? You're doing hourglasses. You want to dump off your flag to the little skeletal guy. I I call him Steve. I get it. But part of the thing when Reapers was built and, and made live was you have to be marked. So you've got that risk. And you have one central selling location. That is a risk, but your reward is higher and they take everything. Now we have the sovereigns in season seven. They take nearly everything and they give out the same reward, but you're not, not the same reward as reapers, but they give out pretty comparable reward. It's faster to unload there. It's faster to sell there. They're all over the map. And you have far less risk because you can go anywhere. So the Mm -hmm. risk in the game has been reduced, but the reward has not followed to match that risk versus reward. Reapers, you you and I played on Community Day or Community Weekend. It takes a while to unload and sell at Reapers now versus Sovereigns. 
And so yeah. I just kind of wanted to, to get your feeling. How do you feel about the simplification and, and making the game easier? Do you feel like it's losing some of that piracy feel? Mm, no, no, I don't. Um, I think, I think the reason why flags can be sold at any outpost now at the Reapers table uh, has more to do with the continued engagement with uh, Battle for Sea of Thieves with the hourglasses okay. that needs to be present. Um, but the, you can dive with thing, flags now. You can dive with flags, but that's like you're you're again you're putting more risk there. So like you should get more people, reward, but you don't. Right. I think so, that should be a, 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 what do you call it? Like a, a gauge, right? I, I think it should yeah. be a gauge where the more risk you take, that higher the reward is. So that's, that's the thing right there is there's, there's nothing pushing you from, or there's nothing pushing you to do reapers unless you just want those curses compared right. to Athena because it's easier to do Athena. hundred percent. There's, there's no increased reward for being a, a reaper at this point. And, and if anything, it's a hindrance to be a reaper because yep. you did only get the one place to turn in. So right. where was, where was the equality in that, in that sense? Like yeah. you could be in Athena and just cash out wherever you wanted. It was a short travel to the nearest outpost and you yeah. could turn everything in. Yeah. So, so I guess, I guess where I would challenge is, and, and I don't, to be completely fair, I don't care necessarily either way. It's made something more efficient so I can get back to playing, which is fine. And that's good. But on the historical side of me is kind of twitching a little bit because I'm like, mm -hmm. would it have been better to say, okay, Athena's flags can be sold or the Reaper flags can be sold anywhere. Cause you can turn them into the mysterious stranger, right? Regardless if you're doing hourglass or not. Cause I tested that out. It works. So, you can sell the, the those flags anywhere. What what's to say that the the other option was okay, Reapers, you can turn it into the skeleton and you get base value. Yeah. But if you go back to Reapers with your Reaper flag on, you get times two. I mean, I, I don't see that as an issue either. I guess fundamentally, mm. um, we're talking about you know the the fairness on on being able to turn flags in at at the yeah. outpost right yeah. for reapers i mean if we if we really want to like step into this at, at the moment mm -hmm. i mean why aren't we questioning the 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 reasoning about why there's even reaper tables at outposts oh i agree with you on that like i've always had an issue with that but yeah but i mean nobody yeah. nobody no. yeah that's not a that's a non-issue for for folks and yeah. i think that that's because we're it, again it goes back to we're playing a video game we're we're yeah. trying to enjoy ourselves with the the amount of time that we have the fewer roadblocks to doing that are going to improve the quality of life which will which will will drive engagement with the content mm -hmm. which will then keep the game healthy yeah and and i am all for that well, I was very interested on community day because, you know, we were sailing with a lot of your keelhauled folks, um, which was great. And I was very interested that, and again, several of those folks sailing with us have played 
if not the entire time Sea of Thieves has been out, a good chunk of it, right? You've got community members that have been around since day one. And I was surprised that many of them were actually like, I don't really like this change because mm-hmm. it, it, it feels like they're taking something away. They're taking, and the only thing I could the, put the pin in was they're taking that piracy feeling away of how pirates were, right? And it's becoming a boat adventure game, which has always been a boat adventure game. But it feels to me like some of that pirate is 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 leaking out in in the name of easier get back in the action right yeah and it's a fine line well we're talking about one item correct so the fact that one item in 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 really realistically the one item is beneficiary to people who sink a reaper or -hmm. people who are doing dives against a uh or who are doing dives as a reaper right those are the two the two people that benefit the most off of being able to turn flags in. For every other Reaper, you're going to go to Reaper's hideout. Right. So I I guess the the we are talking about this one situation, but you you and I have 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 discussed and argued about the whole idea of the sovereigns, which you know I'm very against just the entire concept of the sovereigns and how it was implemented. Because at no point in history would an organization just come in and say, we're going to give you fair value and then we're going to go give it to the, the never would that ever have existed because that's how our economy works. And again, I, I know I your thing is there, it, what there's so many credit cards that I get zero APR. No, 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 no. We're talking history piracy. Is history. Here. We're talking piracy. I would they argue, have credit cards. I would argue credit banks are banks are pirates. Yes, but back in the day, if you sold your pirated goods to someone, that person is then going to sell them at a greater value somewhere else. That's how that's why pirates were there. They were cheap because you could then get a ship full of cotton and then turn around and sell that cotton to the colonies at a higher price. That's how that that's how the the purveyors of pirates made their money. So the sovereigns are getting in cheap through the cost of captaincy. They're asking you to buy a captain ship, they will then in turn take your your trade and offer fair value market for it. They're earning trust. That is that is the the hit that they're willing to take because they can afford to. And the only thing that they're asking is the minimal cost of captaincy. Yeah, I just, and again, I, uh, I, I cut, I cut the thread on the word sovereign because sovereign to me means king or ruler and rulers did not act like that. Rulers said, I don't care about your trust. I'm in charge. I'm the big man. Sovereign, I think you can you can use that term a little more fluid like that in in this case because we don't know what their sovereign state is. We don't True. know what the intent is. It, it, the The intent of any royalty that's coming in, mm-hmm. speaking as the sovereigns, could be, you know, you know, get the trust of the people, yeah. get them to get them, you know, like and and it's and we see it all the time. People will lose money on tech hardware to gain trust with the company and to sell you on something else 
Um, but uh, there is there is a point where you do have to take a hit. Disney Plus did it with how they have been selling their service. We just haven't gotten to that point with sovereigns yet. We haven't seen the ulterior motive. And I think that is a story beat that will come later in the future of the game. Um, we just don't know what the cost is. But for the time being, people will take what they can because going back to Athena versus Reaper, as far as the dives go, whatever is the easiest way and has the advantage will be the meta. Right. Yeah. I And, and, and like I said, I, I'm going to take the most efficient, easiest way to get my money and get back to playing. Right. That That's yeah. the gamer in me. The historian in me just still grinds his gears about some of this stuff because it just, it doesn't make sense to me based on all the history that I've studied about piracy in, in, in the Caribbean. Maybe, maybe it will when we hit the golden age of piracy. It it very much it very much might. It just right now it just grinds my gears because I'm like, this economy does not make sense in any way of this world. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So yeah. um, okay. So do you think they've do in some of this simplification and making things more and i'm going to put it in quotes because some people don't believe it's more balanced they just say they turned down the ease knob which i disagree with them i think they made proper balance changes to remove frustrations like they said surprisingly i'm in agreement with the with rare side that's very rare <laughs> but do you think in some instances they've maybe gone too far too far is going to be a very personal thing. Okay. Um, what I think is too far is, uh, you know, getting gold immediately after you dig it up. Um, yes. For other people, it's going to be uh, being able to kill Fort Skellies with one, with three sword swipes or a, a lunge, you know. Okay. Uh, like too far is always going to be dependent upon what your personal perspective is. And that's because everyone's at a different skill level. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't think that they've gone too far. I think that they've made things uh, a little bit easier just due to well, and, and here's a good uh, a good idea is I'm I'm looking at things from a server balance perspective, mm -hmm. not an event balance perspective. Mm -hmm. Are the events easier to do? Yeah, they're a little bit easier to do, even as a galleon. Now, the server as a as a whole wants to cycle through world events because that drives different engagement for different players. Keeps they have the different commendations. Healthy. Yeah, let's people, let's like anyone that's done, anyone that has triggered a skeleton fleet and watched that thing sit there for hours because no one will go finish it and it won't despawn, mm -hmm. understands server balance when it comes to world events is important to diversity in play style. Yep. And if you don't, congratulations, you just got my TED talk. <laughs> so I think it is better for events to be just a little bit easier even for galleons um so that a you're getting cycled events quicker b people are getting rewarded quicker c there's more loot available if people want to go out hunting for it and d you can implement different world events and trust that things like the phantom fleet coming back are not going to be a rare bird that you never get to see on your first day of becoming a Pokemon trainer. You yeah. will get to see it on a regular basis and wonder why the hell do I have this Pidgeot all the time with me? I need to get rid of this <laughs> dumb thing. 
Oh, poor Pidgeot. It's okay. It's a dumb Pokemon. Wow. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm an Oddish fan. I'd hate to see what you say. About Oddish. No, Oddish are Oddish are great. Oh, okay. I, I have nothing against Oddish. Um, so, and especially Vileplume, Vileplume as well. Uh, so, but I, but the idea of of events being a little bit easier are that is a perspective, and I'm not trying to talk down on anyone. I'm really not because I understand where they're coming from. But I do think that those being tuned just a little bit easier is something that helps the overall health of a server. And I'm willing to eat that difficulty hit knowing that the alternative is that I may come across a crew that's coming after the loot that they know that I'm going to get yep. that may be stronger than the world event that I just got. Like right. the, the, the world event is the catalyst. The player engagement is the actual difficulty. And, you know, and this is what I would say to folks who would say that they've made the game too easy. I've said it on the show, and I know you've said it and believe it. Sea of Thieves is what you make of it. This is a choose your own, write your own adventure book. Yeah. So if you believe that the game is now too easy for you, I would challenge you. What could you do to bring more challenge to the game? Right. If you're yeah. someone who enjoys PVE and all you're doing is going event by event by event by event and you're just slaughtering skeletons and slaughtering events and, and somehow miraculously selling all your loot and never engaging in PVP and you're like, this is too easy. The game's boring now. Then I would encourage you to dip your toe into PVP and add that challenge. Or if that's 100 percent off the table. It's just PVP is uh-uh for you. Then try to write in a book your own challenges to do a skeletal fort. For example, in the in the community that I've been part of for a long time, the Cutthroat Pirates, we wrote our own challenges. For example, do an entire skeleton fort and all you're allowed to use is a blunderbuss. Do an entire yeah. skeleton fort and all you're allowed to use is kegs or yeah. throwables. Like Add your own challenge into the game because, as we as we always hear, tools, not rules. So if you feel the game is too easy, then you write your own story and build your own challenge into it. Challenge yourself, right? Yeah. There's nothing stopping anyone from adding more risk to their sale by... Right putting up an emissary flag there's nothing stopping them from adding more difficulty to their challenge or to their to their emissary by putting up a reaper's mark yeah there's so many ways you can draw attention to yourself in sea of thieves that you can you can add difficulty by driving player engagement um if you're getting if if you're having too hard of a time doing pve and feeling like you're not being challenged Start grinding shores of gold, right? And tell me how how fun that is, because <laughs> I can I can tell you when you tell people that there's ways to make things more difficult by imposing your own rules about things, most people shrug and say that it should be up to the studio to challenge them. I disagree, and that just I disagree wholeheartedly that, on that. That's that, but that's the retort that I typically oh, I, I get. Know. So that's I where know. I feel like you know what, 
if it sounds like you're okay with this, it sounds like you're okay, but you're trying to puff up your chest. Right. Right. I, and, and I would go back and, and say to those folks that that would be that. Are you a thousand reaper yet or servant of flame? Are you a thousand guardian? Well, no, I'm like, I don't like PVP. Well, there's a challenge out there for you. Just go take it. Yeah, it, it really does come down to, there's plenty of ways to challenge yourself in Sea of Thieves. Yep. It's up to you the way just getting on a server and jumping into stuff. I find I have enough challenge just playing the game normally. I love going out. I love going for ships. I love going for PVE. I like a healthy balance of both because one or the other, too much of it makes my makes my evening just a little too dull. Right. So I like to have a nice, healthy mix of both. I just want to let everyone know out there that, that Logan is such a professional oh, Sea of Thieves player that he has challenged himself. He has now com- almost, almost completed a skeletal fort on his mobile phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Almost yeah. completed a skeletal fort on his mobile phone. He just had some connection issues, and and I think, what'd you say, uh, uh, someone came over to, to, to nab it from you. I almost got away with that skeleton fort, man, I, if it wasn't for those connection issues. I about threw something when I saw and heard you say that. I think it was a tweet. And I was like, he is playing Sea of Thieves on his phone. I about threw something because I hadn't played season <laughs> nine yet. I'm like, did they make this game so effing easy that you could? It's a mobile game now. I'm like, I hate mobile games. If they turn my favorite <laughs> game into a mobile game, I'm going to lose my shit. And now that I've actually been in season nine, I'm happy with what they've done. I've, I've got my yeah. beef, like I said, on, on a historical level, but I I am happy with the gameplay because I, and I told you this before we started recording, the game feels more alive. Yeah. It is Phil. It you know, feels, I, I don't think I've ever felt this, this alive playing sea of thieves since I first started and first experienced the game. Yeah. I would, I would love to see someone who is, who is, is, is competent enough and willing to challenge themselves enough to get to pirate legend as someone playing on touch controls. Ugh. Like that is a challenge that I would like to see. That like I would, if <laughs> you know, yeah, me, I, I try to, to stay off my phone as much as possible. So no, I know, but it is, it is like a, it is an interface that yeah. it, it's the same game. It's the same, same, way you're playing the game but it is just a different means of interfacing right and everyone as we've seen with all of the accessibility features plays the game the way they can right and you know cloud streaming is a means of getting stuff there's been plenty of times where i know that you've been on trips doing charity work and been upset that you don't have access to your computer the way you want to be able to log in to jump in to see if these and stuff, even yep. if it's just a login for a bonus or something like that. Yep. And there's so many times that I'm like, the beauty of cloud streaming is that you can jump on with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and jump into Sea of Thieves and play through it, even if it's just logging in just to get that bonus. But it is a very challenging way to play the game, and I would love, I would love for someone to accept that challenge and get to Pirate Legend with touch controls. I think I saw a video one of the first times you did that. I think I think you recorded yourself doing it, and I was twitching because I'm like, how is he doing this? 
it's very hard screen yeah how is he doing that but kids do it all the time kids play Fortnite on their tablets all the time like it's it's just a <laughs> I don't think it's too old. I think it's a, a time investment that's, that's required. That's true. It, yeah. There's a reason I suck at Call of Duty and Apex Legends, and it's a time commitment thing. Mm. Do Do you remember? This is gonna This is gonna test your memory. Do you remember when the Duke set was came out and it was for Xbox only, and I was losing my shit? Yeah. Be, and and you're like. I, I think it was a couple months down the road. I'm like, I'm not, I, I'm not buying an Xbox for this. You know, yeah. And like, get you're a like, controller. You're like, do you have an Xbox controller? And I'm like, yeah, I have an Xbox, not the newest one, right? And you're like, yeah. just plug it into your computer. I don't remember how long you had to sit there and help me figure out how <laughs> to plug this stupid controller into my computer. I still have. So funny enough. I literally still have this like 20 foot USB cord plugged into my <laughs> computer where we plugged it in at. And it's sitting right here That's in funny. case I ever have to do it again. And, and I logged in and it was the most awkward, like, and it's actually a charity incentive th this year for extra life. If we hit a certain amount, I have to play sea of thieves on a controller for a stream, um, on the Xbox, even not just on the PC. It has to be on the Xbox. And I still have this cable here and it, I, I logged in, tried to move, got about one step, and just, I'm like, I have my Duke set, I'm out. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it worked. Cloud gaming cloud gaming worked. It connected me in. It was quick. It was painless. Yeah. I just, I was angry because I couldn't use my mouse and keyboard. I'm like, I'm on a computer. It's a browser. Why can't I use my mouse and keyboard? Yeah. Now, it's... It all in all, it comes back to what's easiest for the individual. Right. And and I think that's going to be a very personal question that a lot of people are going to have to challenge themselves on mm -hmm. because it always it will always 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 come back to one factor for gaming. And and this is a factor, I don't care how old you are, I don't care how many games you complete, I don't care what kind of lifestyle you lead, it will always come back to the one thing that is the most precious of all, and that's time. Mhm. Mm is your time worth it? Correct. If it's not, then you have to question if it's too easy or too hard. Right. If it could be easier and it saved you time and you use that time to make yourself happy, then it's worth it. Otherwise, yeah. take the time. Not everyone has it. See, um, I thought Dark Souls was a game that was going to make me happy. Uh, it just it one it didn't make me happy. Uh, two, it also cost me a lot of money because of the controllers I threw against a wall. So <laughs> I chose not to play any more Dark Souls games. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so I got two more questions, and I, I okay. know we're well over time, but I think these will be short because they're speculation um, mm. questions. Uh, there's uh, an event coming up very soon, and it just so happens that season nine. I did the math. I pulled up a calendar. Season nine ends in June. Yep. There's an event in Maybe. June, and I'm not talking about Festive Legends. There's an event in June that's a big gaming event. It's E3. Do you think Sea of Thieves will present at E3? Um, so a little, a little bit of caveat to this, uh, E3 right now, we're still kind of waiting to find out like if it's actually still going to be a thing. We just found out. I mean, out. it has a date. If you go, if you Google it, there's a date. It for does. 
<laughs> who's going to be there is who's going to show up for that date is still is is kind of like the the list is starting to get smaller and smaller. Right, but what I'm saying is the game studios for for example Xbox, right? They know people look to E3. They they're going to have some sort of presentation whether it's yes. at E3 or not. There is yep. going to be an Xbox showcase because they yeah. know that's the time when people are tuned in to the gaming world. Yeah. They they they've confirmed that they will have their own event. Right. Um we don't know for sure if they're going to be present at E3, but yeah, they will have an event at at E3. So right. So we'll see do, if Thieves present at the Xbox event. I think see it Thieves um and and I think I got to be I'm I'm thinking here about like what I actually want to say here. I think we are looking to return to a, a kind of a, a for one season 10 i think is going to be a big season um i think there's a reason why jump ahead. that's the next question okay all right all right <laughs> i won't jump ahead um i think i think they will be there because i think yeah. that they are looking to finally start talking a little bit more about um if they're if they're ready to approach talking about Everwild, I think that they want to have some update about that. It's been like so that's rare three years, right? Yeah, I'm not talking rare. I'm talking Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I think right now the reason why we've seen a reduction in some of the cinematic stuff for the adventures uh, is because that team is currently um, on something in, Everwild. In, not necessarily Everwild, but production wise, I think they're working on something for. Uh, E3. Gotcha. That, that they'll show. So I don't, so I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I, I hope they do. And I agree with you. I think season 10, if, if season 10 is as big as I hope it is, then I hope they would present it at, E3, at, at the Microsoft showcase because it would line up perfectly. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and here's, I, I actually thought about this and wrote it down. Huh? See, i think sometimes um <laughs> we're coming to the end of season nine but e3 or the microsoft showcase will happen just before season nine's over what does that feel like to you it's happened before i mean it, it it's we had anniversary update at the end of shrouded spoils and shrouded spoils was uh, in, in November, December of 2018. Um, right. So, but, 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 but we've had it at E3 before. As far as like a pirate's life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how right. pirate's life was, right? We were coming to the end of an update. It was, yeah. it was, it was like, okay, the end of the month is the end of the update. Right. And E3 happened right at the end of June. And they're like, Here's the, you know, Davy Jones and Jack Sparrow and everyone's freaking out. And then at the end of the thing, screen goes black, Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life, available like tomorrow. It wasn't that, but it was like within the next week and everyone's like, holy shit, like this is huge. We're obviously yeah. no one was expecting it, but it's like, not only is it huge, not only are we hype, but we get to play it like tomorrow. Yeah, And that's what season 10 for me feels like is the timelines are lining up perfectly that they could have a big announcement about season 10 and be like, oh, and by the way, you get to play it next week. 
Like, you know what I mean? It feels like it's lining up like that. Yep. And yeah, that, no, that is, yeah, I, I think that is what's going to happen here. I don't know. Um, I've made inquiries, but, uh, You're not I think get those answers. Oh, I know. I know. But you got, I, look, I, I, you I look, ask. okay. You got on voyage of a lifetime. Okay. That, that is your, that is your fun secret little, like you got in there thing. You don't get any more of those. I want one first. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, no. the The game got stronger with Shrouded Spoils, and then we got Anniversary Update. Right. I think with this being kind of my my Shrouded Spoils 2.0, mm-hmm. I think that they are taking the the dev time that um, would have gone to fleshing out a, a serious season nine, mm-hmm. and they are are lining it up with uh, a really strong announcement from Xbox for a fantastic season 10. And I think that we'll finally see that, that teaser that we got that one day when Flameheart happened to be like outside the, uh, outside the, the Reapers hideout when he shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still we'll... a, there's still an invisible object by the, uh, the arena tavern, by the way. Yeah. It, it's like, there's, <clears throat> there's stuff that, that we know, is been teased mm-hmm. and we we haven't gotten that stuff yet so i i think that's when we'll hopefully get that announcement because it's like 10 seasons it's a it's a a number yep. people like you know it's not just like a seven or something well, weird. And, it, and it lines up so perfectly right fifth year yeah. anniversary just happened what was it is it i mean it's is it 35 years now at rare 35 years yes. at rare so it's yeah. five year anniversary for sea of thieves 35 year anniversary for rare 30 35 was i think two years ago okay because we and, got the flag okay and then or the and, figurehead sorry. and the figurehead right and it's the 10 it's, it's 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 um and it's it's the 10th season like and it, it lines up just like a pirate's life did perfectly and so i mean the the stars are aligned right yeah and and when I say the stars are aligned, I'm not talking about Falcor's recent. I'm going to throw something at him, two stars to the left and straight on till morning Neverland bullshit that he's t- is tweeting about constantly. <laughs> I'm not talking about that because stop it, stop. Have you seen his tweets recently? By the way, oh, I mean we're 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 getting some. We're stop going to be it. getting some Peter Pan influence. Stop it. There's going to be no, a character. There will be a character from Peter Pan at some point. Look, okay. If they put Shmi in there, I'm okay. If they put Tiger Lily in there, <laughs> I'm okay. Isn't it interesting that season nine's cosmetics for the Plunder Pass happen to be a little more piratey? I like it. Okay. Wouldn't it be interesting if we started to get a couple characters from some, you know, franchises that were piratey that uh, came in for look, really big announcements. Look, okay. I'm okay with Tiger Lily. I'm okay with Shmi. I'm okay with the yeah. crocodile. If they want to add a new sea monster and it's a crocodile that that yeah. when it starts to rise out of the thing, it ticks because it's got a clock on it, okay? Yeah. I have a line. No mm-hmm. Tinkerbell. No Peter. Mm-hmm. And absolutely unless there is one condition Absolutely no Captain James Hook in the red outfit unless the voice actor is Dustin Hoffman. 
That's the, that's my I requirement. Mean, if you put Captain Hook in there with the red outfit, so, I don't care if he's a skeleton, a half skeleton, half man. If you put Captain Hook in the game with a red outfit and he is not voiced by Dustin Hoffman, I am screaming. So then how do you feel about Jack Sparrow? Because Jack Sparrow wasn't voiced by Johnny Depp. <clears throat> well, none of... They use the Disney voice voice actor, and and none of mm-hmm. none of the non Pirates of the Caribbean movies, the live action, none of Jack Sparrow is voiced by Johnny Depp. Aside from that, right? right. But we don't have the same Mickey Mouse that we had. No, obviously no, no, that's true. So so here's what goofy. I here's what I'll say to that. I loved a Pirate's Life. Yeah. It's fantastic. Probably one of my favorite Tall Tales, first one. Oh, it was it was great. I will be completely honest, though. And I, I'm pretty sure if I go back and I've got some archive of the video, I was annoyed that it wasn't Johnny Depp playing Jack Sparrow, and I commented about that. And I was also annoyed that they didn't have, um, and I for, forget his name because I love him and I don't remember his name, they didn't have the voice actor for Barbosa and they didn't have the voice actor for Davy Jones. And I did make those comments and I was disappointed in that. So, so to be fair to your question, yes, I commented on it. And I, even though I loved the update, I was disappointed that it wasn't Johnny Depp and the official like people that they were supposed to be trained. I, I was, I, I was upset. I, I don't think any, I don't think anyone would, would behoove you for, for feeling that way. I, I, I agree that it would have been nice to have them. Um, but I think that what we got is very serviceable. It, it was. Um, if anything, I feel like the voice actor for uh, Davy Jones was probably the weakest of the cast, but still a strong. I thought the Barbosa one was the weakest. That's interesting. Different I, opinions. I did. Now, but okay. I'm trying to remember, and I'm going to have to go back and look this up because it's going to be annoying me if I, they use the Barbosa from the ride, though, because mm, I yes. think yes, well, that's the original audio, right? So, so, and and the scene from Barbosa at the Spanish Fort, yeah. So, so they kind of mixed a little bit there, but yeah, I, I, you know, Hector Barbosa to me will always be that man. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I, I mean, but they did use the original audio from the ride. Yeah repeated over and over again until you got through that damn Spanish fort. So, but yeah, I, I think it would be very interesting if we got to see like a, a, that type of level of thing. But I, I think that we will, we, I'm fairly certain we are going to see a character from the, the Peter Pan franchise. I don't know for sure. Like, I, I think you're right. I, who, I, who else will be, but I know for sure one just yeah. based on the teases that are currently in game. And I, I would agree. I honestly, like I, after seeing what rare did with pirates life, honestly, I'm fine with them taking, taking on other stuff, <laughs> seeing them do what they did with monkey Island. Like, so I had paying reverence. I had no attachment to monkey Island, by the way. I don't, I honestly know nothing about monkey Island. Yeah. Um, and they did well with with a pirate's life. P- Hook, not not Peter. Peter Pan was big for my entire childhood. I remember watching the stage play Peter Pan on mm-hmm. PBS. I remember watching over and over again the animated 
with Tiger Lily and and the animated Peter Pan, Disney's animated. When Hook came out, because I was a huge Robin Williams fan, when Hook came out, that literally became, in my mind, that was Peter Pan forever. Mm. That was Peter yeah. Pan. It had a star-studded cast of actors and actresses that I absolutely adored from many, many different things. I thought it was a very interesting take on Peter Pan. You know, older, grew up, you know, never wanted to grow up, grew up, yeah. and then had to return to Neverland, remember who he was. And I just loved that take. And, and I will watch Hook every time I have the opportunity to. And for me, now... Peter Pan is Robin that Robin Williams is Peter Pan. That is Peter Pan to me. Not the, not the Disney animated. That's whatever. Robin Williams is Peter Pan to me. Um, I can't think of her name. Uh, uh, t- that that's Tinkerbell, you know, Julia Roberts, Julia. Thank you. I'm so bad with actress's name. Uh, professor McGonagall is Wendy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I got that right. Maggie Smith. Yeah. yeah thank you. Maggie Smith. <laughs> professor uh, McGonagall Game. is, is Wendy. Dustin Dave Hoffman is 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 Captain Hook. Yeah. Period. There is no other Captain Hook to me. And so rare would if if and I would guess that the based on all of the things that we have and and things I would guess the character coming from Peter Pan, Peter Pan would be Captain Hook, right? That's kind of the writing on the wall with Captain and all that. That is it's the writing on the wall. It's not going to yeah. be Peter Pan. It's not going to be Wendy. It's not going to be Tinkerbell. It's going to be Captain Hook. That's the one that makes sense. If they do it right, I won't be extremely disappointed because, again, I loved A Pirate's Life, even though I was annoyed by the voice acting. But a part of me will always judge what they do with Captain Hook based on Dustin Hoffman. Just because, to me, there is only one Captain Hook now in anything. And it's Dustin Hoffman. So, so that, that is why. And, and again, I think Captain Hook fits perfectly into Sea of Thieves. I think he, I think that character fits perfectly into Sea of Thieves. Yeah. And I don't want them to put him in it because I know how much it will upset me that it's not the Dustin Hoffman Captain Hook. That's why I don't want them to put it in there. Not that he doesn't fit and not that he wouldn't be good for the storyline because I know how I will feel seeing Captain Hook and it's not Dustin Hoffman. That It's, it's completely yeah. selfish because I know they're going to do it well. I know it's going to be awesome, but it, it, it will hurt me because it's not Dustin Hoffman. I, I know how this feels, um, and, I, and I've had to teach myself how to accept that how I felt at those pivotal moments in my life that helped craft my 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 decisions in in how I'm going to be the the person that I am. Hook is there for me. Um, I mean, like I when I was a kid, I wore glasses. I still wear glasses. It's a stupid thing to mention, but uh, I used to wear thick thick rimmed glasses. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I saw Robin Williams, the voice of the genie mm-hmm. uh, from Mork and Mindy, right. um, for, you know, being uh, or being being um, Peter Pan and having those thin wireframe glasses that I told my mom, I was like, I want to have wireframe glasses. And she's like, is that because of the hook? And she, and I was like, yeah, because I want to be like Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Like I have a deep seated like root 
in in hook as far as like what my life is like. So when I tell you that I trust Rare to pay reverence to Hook, both as the animated version that we've seen through the Disney film, um, but also as as a, a Hook as as Dustin Hoffman's uh, representation, I I know that the people that are working on this IP want to try and appeal to everyone. And there's plenty of hooks that have been in the industry for the movies and TV shows and stuff. We've seen like, yeah. you know, the, the descendants or not the descendants, the, um, I can't think of the name of the, the, the kid show, the Disney show that has like, I think it is descendants, uh, like the kids of, of the big, the greatest villains, you know, villains. Well, they had once um, upon a time. That was a TV show. Once upon a time. Too. And I did yeah. not like that hook. And he was great so, at his his, his character, and he was a great actor. I just I was like, that's not Hook. Yeah. So everyone has like their version of Hook, and it will sway from who you talk to and stuff like that. But it's always going to be difficult to separate your emotions from the history of that character because that character existed even before we had the films, even Absolutely. before we had. So like there are people that were like, I don't like the movie representations because it, it strays too much from what I had in my mind from reading the book. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's always going to rail against people. So it's always to me, it's, it's know and cherish the thing that you have and know that it's not being taken away from you. It's being paid reverence from the eyes of another artist and how they want to bring it to a new generation. It's not that they don't like what you like about that character. It's more that they want this character to be relevant so that when people go to research it, they may stumble upon the thing that inspired them to do it. Do you know why I don't watch Transformer movies? (laughs) probably because of michael bay and well it's not because of michael bay and his extreme explosions it is quite literally because he failed to put the appropriate cars as the transformers yeah so example bumblebee even though he paid homage to the original bumblebee which was a volkswagen beetle he paid homage to it Bumblebee then became a Camaro because he got a shit ton of money from Chevy to do that. And that's why I don't watch the Transformer movies because he did not stay true to what I felt he should have. Which I like, if we were to to extend this out even further, we could 100% have an entire podcast episode talking about how Halo deviated too much as a TV show and failed as a result of not honoring the history of that franchise I compared to. It, so I don't. I don't know. Oh, extremely! It was a, extremely uh, deviated from its original oh, source oh, material. Okay. Um. Yeah. But the as far as the the history goes, the mm-hmm. the the chronology is completely separate from the rest of the games in the books. Yeah. Um. But then compare that to like the Last of Us TV show, which I was hear it's in good. A, an amazing faithful recreation according to everything that I've seen. Granted, I haven't played it, so I can't speak to the mm. scenes, but from everything that I've seen comparison-wise from the game to the show and the scenes that they've picked out and then places where they've gone a little bit further from where they couldn't with the game or they didn't think to with the game, mm. um, there's a clear difference between uh, respecting the source material and creating something new and seeing where that goes and being okay with it failing versus 
recreating something that people love because it is the thing that there's a reason why they fell in love with it. And recreating that for someone in the future is something that will help try and keep that memory living on. Like you can always go back with movies and watch them, but they don't always hold up and they don't always, don't always hold attention either. Um, so seeing what they did with the last of us, it's clear that people love when you pay reverence uh, to, to the source material. So I'm hoping, and this is, this again, goes back to having faith in the people that work at rare, because I, I don't, I know those people to an extent, but I know that their passion is something that inspires me. And knowing that I can look at what they did in the past with the pirate's life and know that wherever they take the, the, the story that they want to, if it does happen to include characters from Peter Pan or Neverland or hook, they will try to do it as respectfully as possible because they don't want to damage the goodwill that they have with people who trust them to be the propagators of a pirate IP. So I want to leave you with this because it's been flowing through my head about this whole situation. E3 or Microsoft showcase. They show off some more of gold, new gold sands, maybe the new name, maybe they pull back the, the, whatever the, on the statue so you can see what what's under there i'm still hoping for yeah. the gold hoarder even though i know it's not going to be the gold hoarder but you know um they go through all this and everyone's ooing and awing mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like because they always have like the 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 population showing like the city's populated in their videos right even though there's no npcs yeah and then all of a sudden like the 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 green portal opens nearby, right? Mm-hmm. And a red ship starts to sail out, and it's the Jolly Roger, right? Mm-hmm. And like on the ship, as it as it kind of comes into your frame, the camera is kind of going up over the front of the ship, and there's Duke. And there's Amaranta and there's the Warsmith and there's the Gold Hoarder Popsicle and Mm. there's Davy Jones, right? And they've got like the ferryman trapped, like he's, he's been bound, right, to the Jolly Roger now. And as they keep going back, you then see Shmee and Captain Hook standing at the, the helm, right? Yeah. And it sails on and maybe they have him make some cool captain hook quote or something. Mm. And everyone, you know, it would erupt, right? You know, it would erupt that captain hook has entered the fray. The captain that we've heard about for so long has entered the fray. But then as the ship sails off, you know, into the sea of thieves from the ferry of the, the, the portal, the portal's still open behind it and it's sailing off. You just hear this. <laughs> and like the camera pans down to the portal and all that you see is a giant crocodile swimming in and it fades mm. to black sea of thieves, cool. whatever they want to call it. Right. Season, t- season 10, the captain has arrived play next week. Right. 
Like yeah. I would love, even though it will hurt me because they'll do justice and, and I'll have fun with it, but it will hurt me that it's not Dustin Hoffman, but to have not only a, the bad guy that has been on the wind for so long that mm. we've heard about, that we've read about, and it's all that we hear is the captain, right? Has now been revealed. The dark brethren is here. Flameheart is here. Ramsey is here. We now have three factions, which really makes things interesting. And we get a new sea monster, the crocodile. Giant crocodile. I would pee myself. I would be so excited. <laughs> Literally pee myself. If they brought the croc and hook in at the same time, I would piss myself with excitement. That would be really cool. I be should, a good way to do it. I need to call McMercury and be like, look, I've, I've got an idea for E3. I know it's last McMercury. minute. But ki- what? McMercury. It's McMurtry. I know it's a T. I know. It's- <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'll have to go back and look at the email I sent over to Rare. I may have put. No, no, I didn't because I thought it was McMurtry. I actually went to Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I actually looked up each of their names, so I spelled it correctly. That's like, smart. The, yeah, because I I, I always <laughs> pronounce it McMurtry, but it, it McMurkury, but it's McMurtry. McMurkury. Yeah, McMurkury. <laughs> <laughs> I need to call him up and be like, "Look, I have an idea for E3. I know it's short notice, but can you do this?" <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a little a little tough for sure, but oh yeah, you never know. You know, the the best response would be like, um. This would be the this would be the best like John response ever. Um, did you guys put a like a camera in our studio? Because um, that's pretty much what we got. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. So, but dude, it's always fun. I know, I, I know it went long, and I appreciate your time. It's always fun to talk to you. It was I I really feel like this season hit a lot of the right notes for me. And really like I played a you know I was playing a lot of Destiny cuz I was not happy with season 7. It mm-hmm. really stressed me out. It really made me not want to play Sea of Thieves a whole lot. Now with season or sorry, season 7 I played a bit but I wasn't happy with captaincy season eight. I was not happy with the PVP. And so it's basically been two seasons where I've, I've put out the content and I'm, I still love sea of thieves and I'm, I'm reading finally, um, heart of fire. And like, I still love the game and I love the lore and I, I love what it could be, but it was just two seasons in a row that I'm just like, I have really no interest in playing this game because I don't like how they, did it like I just didn't like it like I thought season eight was great but it just there were balancing issues and I just got turned off on it too fast and I just and when I came back to it later in the season it's still because of the MMR system or the the whatever the the ranking system I I couldn't play with my friend that I wanted to play to and I just I was just like man I don't I don't want to play this anymore Um, at least until so then when season nine came out it's like I have this reinvigorated uh, want to play Sea of Thieves I I played it for so many hours this weekend I'm so excited to stream it this week this this upcoming weekend it's just like it's I finally feel like I want to play again so being able to sit down and talk to you for for an hour and a half 
answering some of these questions that I knew you would give a really interesting perspective on that I never think about. Um, and then hearing about the voyage of a lifetime. I really appreciate your time, man. As always. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Plug your socials. Tell people where to find you. Um, by the way, uh, if you follow Logan on Twitter, which he's going to give out, make sure you turn notifications on so you can drain your battery because he tweets a lot. I do tweet a lot. Fair warning. Don't follow me. If, and it's in my bio, too. Like, if you haven't read Wait, my bio, does it, really? it does Hold say. On. I didn't. It does. It says warning. I post a lot. Does it really? I don't think yeah. I've read your bio for a while. It's got it's got all the best info. I the first thing I see when I open this up is you you actually posted about Zelda and I literally thought it said nine minutes ago and I'm like, are you tweeting while we're doing this? Like I was No. Maybe. I was gonna say you 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 definitely probably did. I could probably line it up and say warning i post a lot okay fair 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 play fair play you he did by the way he did retweet something 38 minutes ago so he definitely was on twitter okay it was only one tweet definitely on twitter uh while we were doing the show dude can multitask anyways plug your socials uh and then get on twitter because i know you want to well, I mean, I'm I'm on Twitter for now. We don't know what the future of Twitter looks like. It could oh, be very, that's fair. It could, it could be very be bad. It's very dying. Soon. It's Elon is killing it. That's all we can say. Uh, but I'm on Twitter at sweet at c a p t underscore l o g u n. The best way to find me is to uh, head over to your nearest podcatcher and search Sea of Thieves. And if you see a show called Keelhauled, that's mine. Just go in there. I've got all my social media stuff in there for Discord links, for you know shows, for anything. It's all there. Um, the show is where I live. The Discord is where I, I breathe, uh, and uh, Twitter is where I I I don't need. I can't say it. I, I can't say what I want to say. But go ahead. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Just search for for Captain Logan. You'll find me. I think if I don't even know if it works. You might be able to find me if you just look up Captain Logan at C A P T. A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N. I'll probably be the first one that comes up, but there might be a character from State State of Decay. It's hard to know. So it's all you you were you were spelling out your Twitter handle and you you almost slipped sweet Logan. And I was going to make a joke that if you wanted sweet Logan. You I was almost going to make a joke that I'm like, and and if you follow at sweet Logan, that would be his not safe for work only fans account. Um, but I was just actually, before I m- made the joke, I was like, I'm going to search sweet Logan on Twitter. You want to know what the funny thing is? The is first post showing? that comes up on, the, there's no people that come up, but the first post that comes up, if you search sweet Logan on Twitter is a post from March 21st, 2022 that says good night, sweet Prince from captain Logan about cyberpunk so you can search twitter for sweet logan you're gonna find him anyways that's nuts and the second post here the the second post is from october 18th 2022 from sea of thieves responding to you saying such a sweet tribute to the crab the crab deserves a spot in our fan art gallery would you mind Oh yeah, that was literally my, uh, my Shelly thing. The top five posts on Twitter, if you s- search "Sweet Logan," are either you or someone replying to you. So there you go. You can search "Sweet Logan" on Twitter too, and you'll find him. 
That's awesome. I am controlling L O G U N. Don't worry, I put L O G A N in my book. Interview with Captain Logan. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, no problem. How's that? How's that interview with uh, that that famous uh, professional wrestler, former uh, YouTuber? Want, no, we're not going to talk about him. I do not. <laughs> I have never liked the Paul brothers. <laughs> And I am a, I'm a fan of WWE and their storytelling, and the fact that he's there now just angers me. Because it- I, when I was opening Twitter, I had Instagram already open on my phone um, from when I laid it down before we recorded, and it auto-refreshed, and the first thing I saw was his face and on Kevin Hart's cold as balls thing, and I'm like, oh, he's everywhere. Go away. I don't <laughs> like either of you. Would you say that their presence is... Appalling. Yes. All right. Good show. (laughs) Take care, my friend. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone listening. Um, Please hit that follow button thingy um, on your podcasting apps. Uh, Leave a rating, please. By all means, I don't care if it's a one star. I hope it's a five star. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you like or dislike about the podcast. I don't really care if you dislike it. You listen to it. But I always try to improve, so I always do read them, at least. Um, and if you're on the, the the YouTubes, please hit the subscribe button, turn notifications on. Thank you very much again for everyone listening. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio. <laughs>